1: Peter Dowdell, our resident gardener from (coughs) theirishgardener.com joining us. Good afternoon to you, Peter.
0: Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Now, Michael has been on. No, I wasn't here last week. I was off and John Paul was here. Uh, So this question must have come up last week. As Michael said, we've decided to keep the lime trees that I was speaking with you about last week. But now Michael has further questions saying, do I prune them hard or do I leave a piece of the limb? And when is the best time to prune them?
0: Okay. Yes, what this is, Michael actually wasn't on the, the radio station. Michael rang me during the week to ah. ask ask my opinion on lime trees. Now, I couldn't answer him, Michael, unfortunately, because I don't know, obviously, the lime trees uh, and that. Uh, so he has a line of lime trees coming in his driveway Uh and somebody had told him to take them down and he was wondering could he prune them. And again, unfortunately, answer, without seeing it, I can't be certain. But what I did say to Michael, and in fact, the call to the radio station has reminded me because I didn't do it. I did tell him I'd pass him on the phone number of, of a tree surgeon. Okay. Uh, so I would get somebody to look at that. Neil Vaughan is the name of the person I meant to send the number to. Uh, so if Michael, if you're listening, Neil, Neil Vaughan, if you Google him, he, he, I think he goes under Musquey Tree Care. Ask, ask him to have a look at it, see what these says. I'd be slow to take them out just because they're a line of, of semi-mature, if not mature, trees. Uh, but honestly, I can't give good advice on the pruning of them. Yeah, and you hate
1: it. to see trees come down unless it's absolutely oh, necessary. Yeah, yeah it's no, old as no, so if, so
0: if, it, if it is necessary, then it is. Yeah, but if it's he not. Is, but if it's not, let's try and avoid yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Okay, Kathleen wants to know, what is the best way to keep tuberous bergonia bulbs alive during winter?
0: Well, all you're doing with the tuberous begonias, and of course it's a very apt uh, time of year for the question, because it's a, uh, I, I presume up there you had a frost overnight, because we certainly put down A done
1: hard one.
0: Yeah, it was quite hard here as well. So at this time of year, you will begin to see your tuberous begonias and things like that, and, and daily beginning to succumb now to the cold temperatures. So what happens with the begonias when they do turn to mush overnight? Uh, the, the, you You take them out of the ground, the tubers, you take them out of the ground, Uh, Let them dry off for a day or two, somewhere cool and dry, and a bit of newspaper or something if you have a greenhouse or a polytunnel, ideal. Uh, If not, if you can just find an area of your kitchen, just let let them dry out somewhere for a couple of days. Then wrap them in newspaper uh, or something similar, brown paper, newspaper, even a bit of straw into a paper bag. And just literally keep them somewhere cool and dry um, until until you start planting them out again next year, which will be in around February, March, where you'll start looking at planting them on. For next year, I know plenty of people who, and in fact, I got a, a lovely gift a couple of years ago, which I had advised or helped this lady. She had a query for me uh, uh, on her tuberous begonias, which she had growing, uh, and I'd say this lady was in in her 60s, and she had got them from her mother, who had grown oh. for I think 30 or 40 years before that. And so the tubers were at least 100 years old, at least.
1: Incredible! Like,
0: God, that's fantastic! But didn't she very kindly, didn't she, drop me up some tubers? Uh, someday when I wasn't around I was very very kind of her Uh, and I've grown them since so now they're they're spreading 100 years later but anyway she she stores them in the attic Uh, so I mean somewhere if you have an attic that's cool and dry that's an ideal place to store those kind of things
1: Okay. good luck with that Kathleen Uh, could you ask Peter please when is it okay to move a rhododendron it didn't do too well where I planted it two years ago that's from Bridget
0: Okay. well from two years ago Bridget should be safe safe enough to move it. Uh, Evergreen plants in particular, uh, rhododendrons and camellias, things that can be problematic to move. Some of them just won't tolerate it at all. But if it's only two years in the ground, you should be safe enough. Just get as big a root ball as possible when you're moving it and do pay attention to watering it next year, next spring and summer, because it won't repair the root damage immediately. So you will need to pour water in it. To to get to the answer of the question, when is the time to do it? you really want it to be mid midwinter. You don't want it to be now, OK, we had a frost last night, but we really want temperatures to drop and to stay dropped. We want that plant to be fast asleep in the middle of its winter dormancy. So really, you're probably looking at the month of January as the best time to do it.
1: Mike in Bantry. Hi, Peter. Can you plant roses now, and are bare-rooted ones better?
0: You can plant anything now. Now, like autumn... OK, we're technically in winter, I know that, but, I mean, autumn-winter is be perfect time for planting because it gives plants a chance to, to establish in their new home before they start growing next spring. So it's a good time to plant everything. Uh, and traditionally uh, everything was planted kind of sometime between September, October and February, March. But of course with the onset of modern, I say modern, but they're 60, 70 years old now, garden centres where everything is grown in pots, uh, we can plant things 12 months of the year. But traditionally it was at this time of year. So yes, the answer to the question is perfect time to grow roses, are bare root better than potted? I have no strong feelings on that, to be honest with you. Uh, the, 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 the bare root ones may establish a bit quicker. There's certainly You will certainly need to pay more attention to watering if, if they're bare root. Um, and the other thing is, of course, bare root will probably be cheaper because there's far less labour and materials involved in their production. However, on saying all that, uh, there are fewer and fewer uh, bare root, uh, suppliers of bare root roses around the place. So if you can find them, uh, I would certainly plant bare root because they are cheaper But but in terms of horticulturally, are they any better than containerized? I would say I I, I wouldn't have any opinion on that, really. They're both just as good as
1: each other. Okay, Sandra has dropped us an email. Quick question for Peter. I have a small pinnace muggle, and it says in brackets, a small pine plant in a pot. It's like a little pine tree, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. The top needles got burned from frost in the past and the new ones never grew back. Is there anything I can do? I should have cut back these branches because it looks a little bit strange the way it is.
0: The answer to the question, I would cut them back. Yes, because they won't. When, when a conifer like that, when needles go brown, <coughs> they won't regenerate. They won't green up like they would, like you might get a, you know, deciduous tree that obviously drop its leaves and then the fresh ones will be green again. Uh, and many other evergreen plants will just may drop those leaves and replace them with new ones. But when it comes to anything coniferous, no, they won't. So I, the answer to the question is, I would remove it, uh, prune them, and 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 wait for it to regenerate. But uh, I don't know if it's practical because it, pine trees will tolerate. Will tolerate extreme cold if we grow up in mountains. So, anyway, I don't know whether it was frost or not. Uh, but if the rest of the plant is fine I wouldn't worry about it but just be aware that I don't think it was frost it might be something else if you see any more dieback
1: Okay i just trim it off so that it looks a bit better uh, Kate says Hi question for Peter please What should I do with the magnolia that, that when the leaves go brown and it produces very few blooms I also have a camellia in a large pot that doesn't bloom that well either Any advice please?
0: The camellia in the large pot uh, I'll deal with first because it's probably easier there are several things that you'd have to bear in mind. There, Anything that's growing in a pot has a very finite amount of nutrients and moisture available to it. So you have to provide that plant with what it needs. And what it needs is a few things. It needs a good sulfate of potash or, or any kind of plant food rich in potassium and phosphorus. And it needs that during the late summer and autumn because it's from July to September that that camellia sets its flower buds for next year. There's no point at all in treating it with tomato food or sulfate of potash in the spring because it's not going to produce buds then. They're already on the plant now for next year. So if it's going in a container, give it something like that in the autumn. Give it a good uh, ericaceous or acid plant feed during the rest of the year as a general kind of plant tonic because if, if any nutrients that were in that pot are, are probably long since gone, so you really need to give it a nutrient, and you need to pay attention to watering. The other thing with the camellia growing in a container is uh, it may be in the wrong aspect, but so if, if they don't like to face south they don't like to face east, so if, if you're not sure what way they're facing, the camellias don't do not like to see the sun early in the morning. Plenty of sunshine in the evening is fine, or semi shade all day is fine, but certainly not early morning sun. to so maybe maybe move it if that is the case, but nutrients would be important. As regards the magnolia, if it's if it's flowering poorly, then I would suggest, just as I did for the camellia, because it, it's a category that affects affects it its flower buds in summer and autumn for opening next spring. So again, a good the potash at that time of the year, but the leaves going brown now i 'm presuming that it 's not that the leaves are going brown now, which would be totally natural that 's just autumn leaf change and if they 're just going brown now and falling, then that 's fine uh if if that 's not the case, if it's the fact that they 're going a kind of dirty disease looking brown earlier in the year, then it could be a fungal or bacterial disease, some pathogen getting into it again without seeing it i couldn 't say for sure um. If it is, if you think it is like that, or if that makes more sense, uh, then I would certainly remove any any diseased leaves, remove any leaves from around the base of the plant, give it a pruning. The time to prune it is not now. The time to prune it will be magnolia. You would prune kind of next April, May time. Prune it then. Prune off any any of the stems that have diseased leaves. Drench the whole plant with the, with the solution of the copper sulfate mixed with water because that is a good, good broad-spectrum organic fungicide. Uh, and that should work. I'd be hopeful that that would work between that and good feeding uh, and it should come good. Now, the other thing is, of course, with magnolias, they do need to be quite mature before they'll flower. Some of them need to be 15 years of old oh, well. age before flower, yeah. Well, you ne- yeah. You
1: need to be patient. And, Marine for is planning on being busy. Could you ask, Peter, how long after spreading sulphate of iron on moss can you scarify?
0: I'm not, first of all, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of using sulfate of iron on moss because what sulfate of iron does is it does kill the moss, but it'll turn the moss brown and black. But what you're doing by adding sulfate of iron to the, to the lawn is you're, you're making the soil there more acidic. You're, you're lowering the pH of the soil, which is, of course, ideal conditions for the, 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 the development of moss. So I wouldn't use sulfate of iron on the lawn, but if you have, it will kill the moss. I certainly wouldn't be scarifying it at this time of the year. So if you put it on in September, October, I wouldn't scarify it now till March.
1: Okay, and very quickly, when do the leaves go red on the Christmas plant? I'm assuming somebody's talking about the Ponsetia. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, as you well know, Trish, because I'm doing this programme with you a long number of years, and Ponsetias are not my strong point, so I would actually be open to Anybody else to answer that question because I can never get them to do it. They do it, the ones you buy in the shops and in the gardens. They're forced. Yeah,
1: and that's the reason that they're red this year. You're not going to get them red at Christmas. Okay, we've got to wrap it up there. Listen, have a great week. And we'll talk talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks for that. That is uh, Peter Dowdle from the uh, dot com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact.